Sorry, Trek Discovery is still on the hiatus, but we're going over the season finale of season one of Star Trek Discovery. Plus, John just told me he wanted to be a farmer. That's pretty cool. And we have writer and filmmaker Oliver Evangelista in the studio. We'll be right back after the jump. This episode of Commander's Log is brought to you by Geek Renaissance. Need that special gift for the nerd in your life? Love supporting small business? Look no further than Geek Renaissance. The artist, Sephra, makes all items by hand and will boldly go to the final frontier for your unique gift. Head over to geekrenaissance.company.site and use the code FLOBITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, to get 10% off your order. Don't forget to follow, like, and share Geek Renaissance on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Aboard the USS Post Show, this is Commander's Log. Captain John is with me, and we have ourselves a guest, Oliver Evangelista. Fellas, how you doing on this Great. beautiful week? Okay, what's going on? I have music. Why do I have music? You're not playing music, right? <laughs> I, I, I hear it too. You got music going? You got, you got a little workout plan going? <laughs> there it is. What the? <laughs> you okay, John? Yeah, I was I was getting music. Yeah, you... me too. Okay, yeah. all right. So you're it's playing not, music. It's not me, is it? I, I wasn't playing music at all. It happens. Look, it's <laughs> I'm checking all my windows right now. Discovery and Strange New Worlds After Show. We're gonna talk about that just about, but we're talking mm. about more important things. Oliver, thank you so much for coming back. Like I said to you before we went live, your episode last season was the most downloaded episode of the show. So you're a celebrity get. Right on. No, it feels great to be back, dude. Thank you. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think I just got lucky because I was like, uh, what was it? The end of a two-parter. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, you got yeah, tons you're of fans. Incredibly handsome. That's what it is. Yeah, you're just attractive. <laughs> I mean, happened. come on. Thank you. Come on. They're loving the beard. Come on. You know uh, they do. I am inc incredibly jealous. Uh, we are uh, taking on uh, season one, episode 15. Will you take my hand? Directed by Akiva Goldsman. Uh, so basically the season one finale. And I want to start off with you, Oliver, because you're a guest. You know that this is season one discovery and season four discovery are about two different discoveries. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's yeah. overall thoughts of, of this one. I know you had watched it at one point, took a break and got back into it. What's been the, the, the journey for you so far with this? Oh man, it's been, it's been great. I just, um, I guess that once again, just like last time I mentioned my wife, cause uh, I had the episode running down uh, when we were like right before dinner. And then I was sat down to eat first. And then my wife comes in and she's just like, wait, is Giorgio back? She's like, Giorgio's back? You know, she's like so excited. You know? No. And, then, yeah. and I just didn't say anything. I was just watching the episode. And then, <laughs> and then, I didn't and then, tell her so, no. Yeah, and then she just goes like, oh, wait, did they go back in time? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I've seen this before, right? I'm like, yeah, you have. It's like, this is season one, episode 15. She's like, oh, okay, okay. But, uh, but it just, and then like we, we watched the episode and we were both talking about it. Like, we both realized how much we missed this version of discovery we missed we missed these they're like kids they're like children you know what I mean? right. and i'm like oh i missed this age <laughs> <You know? laughs> ah, like, that's funny yeah, yeah. Like, oh, oh man God. so yeah it was cool it was really cool to revisit this because i had what changed for you you think what 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 
change for you the errors between the present or the future and the, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. present, past, future, season one, season four, what changed for you? Oh geez, a uh, whole lot, right? The, I mean the character development and how yeah. how they've how they've changed, the relationships change and um I think something we can get into, like I guess if we get towards the end of of talking about this episode, but yeah, it's um yeah, it has to definitely with the characters and their journeys and their arcs. It just every season they seem to be growing more and more. Um, although um, what's it called like Burnham always always having these anecdotes and always has the the monologues going in. And um, I was just thinking about this earlier, like you know, like in the NBA, how they keep track of like like how many miles the the guys run on the on the court, you know, and how yeah. many, how many, and then so they also keep track of how how much time each player has the ball in their hands. I was thinking someone should there should be a stat out there for like how much time Burnham has like talking. <laughs> That's a good point. So I'm just like, okay, she's okay, cool. She's talking right now. All right, let's listen. Right, right. I'm not saying it's bad. It's not. It's it's great. It's just like, oh, she's got the ball in her hands again. You know, so it's what it feels like. Well, the show's not called Captain's Log, right? Uh, Definitely. <laughs> uh, Captain John, to, to, to Oliver's point, I mean, the quote I pulled from the first scene, scene goes, you will know fear because it speaks very fast and speaks very loud, which kind of describes me. But what was your opinion of this episode here? Season one, episode 15. You know, what I had forgotten about uh, season one, period, and it, it all culminates in this episode, it all culminates in episode 15, is... Um, uh, as Oliver points out, the very uh, solitary journey of Burnham through this uh, mm -hmm. and uh, serving on the discovery, uh, not as a, you know, heroic leader of beings on uh, a Starfleet vehicle, but as this, um, you know, solitary, not beloved, um, you know, kind of cipher who was there because the captain wanted her there, but no one else wanted her there. And, uh, and what I remembered watching this episode, because it really hit me in this one was how little anyone trusted her. Yeah. Mm. So she has to live under that cloud of not being trusted. And by the time we get to episode 15, who are you going to trust? I mean, almost everybody is untrustworthy in, in the really high levels. Yeah. So G Giorgio, this isn't the Giorgio that uh, everyone knew and loved. This is Terran uh, empire. Jo this is the Empress mm -hmm. here. And uh, uh, you know, uh, even though Jason Isaacs is credited as being in this episode, he's obviously not, um, but we knew he couldn't trust him. We know we really can't trust the Admiral. Uh, right. You know, uh, we can't trust Ash, uh, Ash Tyler, um, because uh, we know he's half and half. He's 50-50 Ash. Well, guys and... trying, though. Like, yo, you want to trust me now? Please trust me. Come on, man. <laughs> you boy Ash, you know. I'm that's so bit, but I'm back, baby. <laughs> I mean, sure, I killed Dr. Culber, but whoopsie. I mean, you know, it was both. You know, it was both. <laughs> but um, there's, there's all this tension going into this final episode, exactly how you want to end a season. All this tension, it's got to pay off somehow. So I really dug it. This was a great episode. I'd forgotten how much I loved this episode. Uh, yeah, definitely being those ones where like, oh yeah, this is where things do make a turn and we'll get to the, the ending of that. And even the mission. But it, everything goes through Empress Giorgio and she has become 
or had become a very well-loved and beloved character. Oliver, let me start with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the first time I've seen her in a while. Um, what do you think was a mass appeal of having a Terran walk around? Like, we gave her a lot of time and space to be beloved, but, you know, usually Terran characters kind of come and go, and that's pretty much it. But mm -hmm. Philippa Giorgio has some staying power. Oh, she does. She's, uh, I mean, of course, she's the big superstar, um, Michelle Yeoh. But, uh, wow. Yeah, international, but, uh, man. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So it definitely has a uh, audience appeal. I'm yeah. probably looking at their numbers in China. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he ain't wrong. wrong. He ain't wrong. <laughs> you right. You right. You right. Yeah, she's great. I, mean, I, I love that character. Like my wife loves the character, and she's like, she, we always wanted. Every time she's on screen, like we're we're watching, we want to see what she's gonna do next. You know, she's like the Howard Stern of of the show. <laughs> <laughs> now that's the woman. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to see what she'll do next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's always so stylish. I mean, yes. oh, yeah. everything she wears just looks painted on her. She's so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I need, I need a, 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 a wardrobe assistant myself. Uh, but everyone pretty much can't tell that this is not classic Giorgio, but Burnham's like, mm, I don't really know. Yeah, yeah well, this <laughs> usually ticked me off, the whole Clark can't Superman thing. Uh, did yeah. it bother anyone of you guys like about the whole? Can anyone tell her whole personality is different? Anyone? Hmm. Uh, Saru, <laughs> he yeah. kind of, he kind of like what? He kind of was. He was kind of there. I don't know. I uh, I feel like near the end of the episode, we do get some sense from the crew that they were not. Uh, at ease with how things were right but yeah I, I, that's a good question i'm not sure anyone could really suss it out yeah it only takes one person to torture uh klingon captives right oliver yeah i guess it's also the chain of command like you know who, who are we to question the captain and then uh and also um what's your name uh, tilly i mean tilly figures it out like you know, as soon as she's in close proximity, as soon as, uh, as soon as she's in proximity, she's just like, "Oh yeah," it's just like you're not from here. That yeah. awkward, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, when right. Burnham's yeah. like, "Don't do that," don't do yeah. that. Yeah, that was the, perfect. The, the scene when she was in the mission, talking about the court in a second. But for me, again, the first time seeing a, a starship captain was Lorca, like ever. So having George Joe in that seat, I was like, hope the whole world knows she's not a good person. Uh, but I, I look back on these episodes because the foundations were there. George Joe definitely, even though she went a certain life, still has the same maternal instinct as Prime George Joe did. That was pretty cool. Uh, it is. I don't think Discovery gets enough credit for that. So uh, props to them for that. Yeah, it, it really gives uh, a longevity to her place on the show that, uh, she still has a weakness for Burnham. She she still has that sentiment uh, around yes. Burnham, which is really uh, so important uh, for us viewers too, right? Because it elevates Burnham. Yeah, absolutely. We know how awesome Michelle Yeoh is. <laughs> absolutely, but like you guys mentioned a second ago, that scene when she calls for Tilly slash Killy was pretty cool. Like she had a soft spot for violence too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's pretty rad. I love it. <laughs> yeah, big big time. So let, let's get into it. The, the mission, uh, or to say the, the, the brunt of this show, uh, is where we have the away team uh, with, with uh, Giorgio and Burnham and, and Killy slash Tilly and head down to the planet there. Oliver, let me ask you a question. A lot of these away missions in Star Trek tend to be the signature thing. 
that or ready room stuff. I don't really know which one you yes. prefer. Uh, <laughs> were you on board? Did the plan make sense even before it was happening about about communicating with the Klingons and all that? Um, kind of. I mean, it just what's her name? I think the thing was it was it uh, Giorgio had the idea of like how she had the answer for how they got rid of the Klingons in the first place, right? In her world, mm-hmm. and then so um, so that's what they were going to go ahead and do. But I'm just like. I guess part of me was like, why didn't she know where to go? I guess here, but you know, I guess different universes, whatever. You know, she doesn't know exactly what's going on plot, with, this, with this world. So, yeah, yeah. The, so, I mean, it made sense that they were going there. Um, but I think, but for a last, the last episode of like the sci-fi series, I or the sci-fi season, first season of Discovery, I thought like I kind of wanted more action. Just like watching mm-hmm. it the second time around was just like wait, this is the last episode of the season? Like, the season finale? Like, shouldn't there be, like, lots of explosions and just, like, a crazy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a crazy peace, crazy bro. fight in space? Whole... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, they should, like, be, they should fly, um, what's it called, fly the Discovery, like, into the volcano and stuff, you know, but, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, love... I don't know. And that's, I guess that was, my, that was my thing, like, watching, after watching it again, I was just like, damn. But it, but, to answer your question, yes, it did make sense, and um, and seeing Laurel again, just kind of actually to take a step back, at talk seeing Laurel like introduced again into this, sure, into my world, into my vision. I was just like, man, like I thought I had like expunged the visions of her <laughs> and Ash in bed together. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, Clean as soon as movies. I saw her, it's like it came right back, and I was like, no. Like, no. <laughs> I was the same way. <laughs> yeah. Why is this so disturbing, right? Like, I, we've seen we seen know. romantic, bulk, um, um, yeah, before we've seen romantic Klingons before, but those two are always like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there was a great mislead too, wasn't it? Because uh, you know they make us uh, feel that Ash was doing this against his will, and yet it's it you know he's got Volk in there too, so he's. He's having a hard time uh, managing Vogue's memories. And we don't see that a lot. Like, Trills don't have that, mm-hmm. you know? And they handle a lot of memories. So that was that was really interesting. Uh, but I do know what you're saying, Oliver, in terms of, like, the money is usually on the screen in the yeah. last one. And yeah. maybe they budgeted really well or something because... Well, they, I, you know, there wasn't a lot of, like, yeah, space fights. Mm-hmm. They're, we're used what? to that. Wait, hold on, hold on, you long-term Star Trek fans. <laughs> Don't you people want peaceful resolutions and stuff? Huh? <laughs> um, Oliver, you're a Star Wars fan as well, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, same here. There you go. That's what yeah, it is. That's probably up. what it is, yeah. You want to see... Pew, like, pew, 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 pew. Yeah. <laughs> the big fight at the end, the good guy versus the bad guy. It's like, they yeah. gave you a whole war up front. That was your episode, Joe. Well, and they were really good at teasing it, too, because that whole first scene, um, and this is like a little bit of trivia. I do like to bring the trivia to the commander's log. Uh, we see, as the Vulcans are entering our solar system, getting ready to squash earth like an overripe tomato. Mm -hmm. And we see earth. This is the first time earth has been shown in the series discovery. Oh, Oh, that's a trivia question. 
This Isn't is that kind of crazy? Captain, this is why you're the lead. I had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> but uh, knowing that these badass, and these are badass Klingons, I, I remain uh, yes. very staunch in my, they didn't have to be Klingons. You could have made them something else. These right. are not, you know, his name is Kales. It's not Kales. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know all that stuff. Is that really me. a thing? I mean, just because you guys are just all gentrified and say it the way you pronounce it, <laughs> his name is pronounced. Me. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> respect the culture, John. Hey man, <laughs> Deep Space Nine. All the Klingons get together with Worf and with uh, Jadzia, and they're all saying Kales. And uh, th- those are my, you know, Klingons classic. Those those guys in there. That's what I take it off of. Deep Space Nine. They you love Klingons on that series. It, it is it is surreal because I I saw these Klingons first, and then going to DS Nine and seeing these like weird watered down Klingons saying that. I think wait a minute, you guys are saying his name all wrong. I'm a but Klingon. Yeah, I'm a Klingon. <laughs> like Wolf gets his ass kicked so much. I hate that about him. Um, but it's about not about Klingons. So about, about Kronos. They 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 go to the landing party, and uh, I know we'll get to to Tilly's situation. We're talking about that before we went live. But Ash gets down and goes full on Flobo in Vegas. He's like drinking and gambling, and <laughs> having time of his life, tapping into his Klingon side. Was that awkward to watch again? Oliver, let me ask you. I mean, after him trying to distance himself from the Klingon world, being like, "Ah, oh, my boy." <laughs> I thought that was cool. I I, really, I liked it. Uh, yeah. I thought it was cool to just see him just go full tilt and just like going from and it was just like such a contrast to what was happening before. Just like him and Burnham kind of just chilling out. Then all of a sudden he's just like shoving this this other Klingon and then he just like jumps right into the right into what looks like a wild game of craps and you know I'm just like yeah dude just just yeah just do it. And yeah. he was he was playing it like street ball too. Yeah, it's like boom, bam. Yeah, <laughs> you suck. Like walking water skis, y'all. All right, whatever. <laughs> and yeah, like I love that too. It's like they lo- they love watching an Earthman speak Klingon. It's like watching a dog on water skis. No, no, I love that. Oh, yeah. I don't, you know, Oliver. I know you're a screenwriter, but I'm sitting at home watching that, going, "Wait, that gets to be in a TV show? I could be a screenwriter too. <laughs> a dog on water skis? <laughs> what? Yeah, of all the things. Of all the yeah, things. man." uh terrible uh but yeah i thought it was kind of fun to watch it's kind of fun to see tilly try to be killy but not being tilly uh throughout her whole uh little bit comedy of errors there uh seeing her getting high was fun and uh john before we went live you were saying that you were going to have a weed delivery service so here's the deal man i am dry you help me out with whatever that'd be great (laughs) i i can hook it up i can hook it up yeah avocados too i want extra avocados yeah That's all I wanted to do with my life. I live on a farm now. I just wanted to have my avocados, which I have, and I wanted to grow weed. And it is so hard to grow weed. I grew the worst weed. (laughs) It's terrible. And and, but that's what I was going to do with my life. Now I do Star Trek shows, and really, I enjoy that. It's no weed. I mean, (laughs) well, I guess I can. Uh, talk about two things there, which is uh, I can definitely, um, uh, from experience, I can say that uh, volcanic ash does not do that to you. Ah, so oh yeah. <laughs> but after I, I lived in Hawaii, so when I moved there, I moved to the Big Island where there is an active volcano, and um, all it did was uh, gave me allergies. So <laughs> yeah, and they call it they call it the vog instead yeah. of you know, instead of fog. So yeah. Yeah, so like the volcanic fumes, like you know, the, when the volcano blows, it's just like 
and it's not just me it's you walk around you go places you see everyone sniffling and sneezing and it's just it's horrible it's in these, you don't want any earth, part of it Paul Kim, like this this is the weak shit right here i don't feel yeah. nothing <laughs> but you know i guess the klingon volcanoes are a lot more stronger yeah you know. dude it's, i uh, didn't even know that was a thing the, so do, so like yeah when the vog happens is there a cure or is it kind of like you've got to suffer through it because it's so thick yeah you just gotta suffer through it yeah and it's just a didn't be people who have been dealing with their whole lives and just just it gets worse and worse as they get older but you know it's just they don't want it they can't leave the island you know it's like where are they gonna go so between volcanoes and giant insects i'm convinced earth doesn't like people (laughs) it's like let's find a way to kill people off or make them inconvenienced or whatever dude uh that's what i learned moving out to the country nature always wins i have woodpeckers attacking my house every day (laughs) Every day I have to run out of my house like some cartoon goofball going like, get away from my house, you woodpecker! Okay. And the worst part is, if you tell people that story, the boys will side with the birds. You're like, you're just being a big meanie to them. They're just they're scared. Why are you mean to woodpeckers? They're just trying to eat the insects in your house. Right. Oh, I hate them too. So, so the team tries to, to get some capital uh, dealing with a hot Orion weapons trader. My goodness me. Uh, I had to look her up afterwards. She is on When Hope Calls. I want to watch after this. Uh, okay. But it turns out that Tilly realizes something is amiss. And so she is hungry, quote, unquote, for a second, to really decide with Burnham what's going on. Now, I, I've been in situations where something isn't right. You got the little spidey sense going. Um, from a story standpoint, Oliver, let me ask you this. Was Tilly the right person? To, to, to be that character role or would you have liked Burnham or would you have liked someone else in Atlanta part to say hey look something's amiss Whew. man well she, she's right there for the comedic effect mm-hmm. um, I mean she's great I, I can't remember the actor's name I can't remember their name but it's um I just I, I love her delivery though throughout Mary Wiseman playing okay her. yeah uh-huh. she's great um, especially when she gives um, that arms dealer the line and and it's just like you know, she's like in character, but she's. You can also kind of tell that she's still being Tilly. It's just, it is perfect the way she did that. Yeah, um, but uh, and it, so I think it was. Yeah, I mean, I, it was good to bring her in because it made this it made it more entertaining. Um, and then it also, yeah, I think if it came from Burnham or from anybody anybody or uh, yeah, if it came from Burnham or Ash to figure out that that was actually a bomb. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was kind of cool, especially like the way they kind of they gave you like this little sidetrack, you know, there with um, what's his name with uh, Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother. <laughs> that I thought was classic. I was like, oh, crap, he's here. <laughs> it's so awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do I have on that? Clint Howard previously appeared uh, as the character Baylock. So that's the little tiny guy that oh. he was in the Corbomite uh, maneuver. I played a character named Grady in DS9, a character named Muck in uh, Enterprise Acquisition. (laughs) I assume he was a Ferengi. Um, And so, yeah, he is the uh, he's the actor whose appearance spans the longest time interval in the franchise. Fifty one years. Wow. Interesting. 1966 to 2017. Woo, man. And he's a really interesting dude. Uh, you know, you I mean, Ron Howard's brother. Uh, actually, um, <laughs> is he yes. at your house? <laughs> uh, where's the photo? 
Hey, he pulls him out. Yeah, uh, yeah he's like, not, not as cool as as you want it to be. Um, this is I got this for Christmas. I got the this, oh the Ron uh, and Clint. Wait, hold on, let me let me get you. Uh, Look, that's so cool. The boys. Okay, yeah. And I, I love his family. Like his father, Rance, I've actually met uh, Rance Howard, who's uh, just such a old California dude, uh, you know, such a such an old Hollywood dude and just much respect. Really not, nice man, good family. Um, mm. But yeah, that's that's all I can name drop. Well, speaking of family, yeah, we, we get to learn more about what Burnham thinks happened to her parents. You know, that's no longer true because we eventually meet both parents in season two and especially Gabrielle in season three and four. Uh, knowing what we know that now, then, future, uh, hearing it again, John, walk me through what you were going through your mind when she's like, hey, look, my parents died that night and he laughed at them. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm always... Um... I'm always there with Burnham. Uh, it's so funny because my wife was like, I do not like this actress. I do not like this character. I do. And I'm like, why aren't you buying this? I'm totally buying this. Oh, yeah. uh, so when she tells that story, you know, I'm there and it goes with how uncomfortable she is around Ash now, like how mm. ruined that is. Yeah. And that, he doesn't understand. He's part of the Klingon laughter. And she remembers the Klingon laughter as being what she heard while her parents and after her parents were killed. So, yeah, I'm I'm with her. Emotionally speaking, I'm with her on that. Oh, man. Ah, whew, dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that was another thing about this season. It was so dark. It took you to such, you know, bad experiences and, mm -hmm. and bad places. And I feel like that helped us earn where things eventually have gotten in the series of being very hopeful and, you know, one unit, the crew being one unit. That really starts here. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is a, a great part of this episode as well. Question for both of you guys then. Is it, was it better having, eventually having the mom appear with the Red Angel in season two? Or would it have been better for the show had, had they stayed dead? That's a that, great that Klingon backstory. That is a great question. I've asked myself that question over and over. What do you think, Oliver? I feel like they did the right thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. cool. yeah. They added to the appeal of the mystery and it, it added to uh, Burnham's journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just kind yeah. of made that whole, made that come out more in, in herself and face, face, uh, face her past in, in a way. Yeah. I mean, I was happy to be taken a little bit away from Burnham was raised by Spock and his family or, you know, even though Burnham was older than Spock. But yeah, like I was never quite comfortable with that part of the story. Like, mm -hmm, OK, mm -hmm. Spock has a sister and that's our main lead. I feel like that was like just putting too many things on, you know. Right, right, right. Oh, you put wings on a unicorn. Well, a unicorn was pretty awesome to begin with, but okay. Uh, you got Pegasus, baby. And, and what? But what I, <laughs> what I really do dig uh, about her mom is I just love that actress so much. I don't. Oh know yeah. Name, mm -hmm. But yeah. I've always loved her on the wire. Yeah. And the fact that I get to see her in my sci-fi, I love that even more. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, when we do get to see her parents, and there was some sense of them jumping forward in the story, and then she meets them there. That was cool. I, I was uh, happy with that. Sonia Son, by the way. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of, was like, I feel like bringing back the parents could have been cheesy. Uh, I've been very clear about my displeasure with season two. I'm glad to watch it future because I get to watch it from that kind of like 
knowing more about Star Trek Universe. What I liked about season one of Discovery is that they gave you all the on-ramps for new fans. I knew what Klingons were. I know why they were important. Yeah. I knew what the threats were. But season two, obviously, they had to, like, bridge, no pun intended, themselves to the rest of the universe more. So it was a lot more homework assignments. And so I felt that I had to, like, stop the show and, and read more stuff while watching the show. So I didn't really enjoy season two. So being yeah. able to go back now while we're in this hiatus is going to be fun. Uh, but looking back on it, I think it's about the right decision. Uh, we're talking about the actual plan, uh, about the the handoff of the dead man's switch to the hydro bombs. Okay, I like it. It, it It's cool. But the Rel had the power at the end, and those Klingons were not impressed at first. Now, Oliver, let me mm-hmm. ask you this, man. We have a situation where the power has been transferred. Because Giorgio decides to not go through with it. One, would you want to see Quanos blown the hell up? No, I'm just kidding. No, one, was that the right, right call, right decision? And two, with Pharrell having the the whole, the power, if you will, uh, what does that put the Klingons in your estimation? Oof, yeah, that's that's a tough one, man, because um, I had a trouble with Pharrell because I, Maybe you guys can answer this because I couldn't figure it out from, from early. I couldn't remember it. Was Laurel the one who combined Voke and Ash together? Or is that somebody I, else? I No, I think that was her operation, wasn't it? She she was like tasked in doing so. So like she, just, she had to do that as instrument of the Empire. But it was like a collective decision. Oh, okay. was, but Voke was very much in on that, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he wanted. Was, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, that was just because going back to that thought, like that's her who did it, and then it's like, why is he, why is it okay to work with her right now? Uh, like, why would they, <laughs> why would they trust her? You know, just like okay, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess diplomatically, you know, the the Starfleet way, um, as they would say, uh, yeah, I mean, it made sense. It made sense in that way. Logically, you know, they're they're using her <laughs> logically. Uh, she she is a she's an asset as they say and um she's also an outsider very much uh among the klingons so it mm-hmm. does work for the federation to bring in somebody who kind of breaks up the status quo of uh the klingons kind of changes how the klingons do things so yeah it made sense to me in that sense mm-hmm. yeah fair enough so we see them we'll see Laurel uh leave off with Ashore at the end i want your opinion this whole Ash Tyler arc, uh, did it work for you? Did it didn't work for you? Was it fun? A nice add on? Was it like really weird? I mean, what were was it tragic? I mean, what I feel like I'm in a focus group here because I think that's a lot of things to pull from it. John, <laughs> let me ask you, Ash Tyler, thoughts with the guy? Um, you know, I I wasn't super comfortable with how things ended up there because it was so tragic and and so unwanted. Like nobody asked for this. Uh, <laughs> you know, on I, boobs. I mean, my whole thing with um, my whole thing with Burnham is Burnham can be with anybody she wants to be. I don't That's get right. jealous. I, I, you know, so the fact that she's with Booker later and she's with Ash now, like that's that's all fine, no problems there. But, um, but yeah, man, he suffered such an ignominious end in the show, and I was kind of like. Are we gonna get to see him again if they do that section 31 show? Because I would really dig that. So I, I want to say, and I'm gonna let you speak on this one in a minute, Oliver. I I, I want to say yes because he had enough dealings with them, but then there's mm-hmm. a whole kid installation, hide the kid season two arc. And I would I would think he would want to be with his child. I don't I really I really don't know. What do you think? Oh, that's Oliver? a good point. 
Oof. Yeah, I'm hoping for a Section 31. I'm hoping for Ash to come back. You know, I'm hoping for some some light at the end of the tunnel for this guy. I yeah, you're right, John. It's like, holy crap. Just maybe just kill him or something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> end his suffering. Because, <laughs> jeez. I mean, what, what a hellish existence for him, you know? Yeah. He's trying so hard to maintain what uh, his humanity because mm-hmm. he's got that. Um and he's not a great human or a great Klingon in this form. I'm <laughs> a great Klingon. That's and really that you want to be those things. Yeah, yeah you want to be those things, man. You want to be a great Klingon. You want to spend your whole life being the Klingon who's shaped like a human. It doesn't sound no, like a lot of things. He can't even ascend. Yeah. Um yeah. so, he could be so, like the new wharf. There you go. Oh exactly. There you go. Like you're <laughs> And how much crap did Worf have to I go through? Yeah. <laughs> making fun of all the times he gets knocked in the face. Knocked out. He got the measles one time. Are you kidding me? This is a security guard? <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, to wrap this up, Burnham gets Georgia to back down and basically like a CIA mission and still has a puppet leader in Laurel. Great. The Klingons are done. No one died. No explosions. But let's get to the end. Because for a lot of old school fans, that was a moment everyone was nudging me and pushing me and stuff. Because yeah. my man Bryce hears something and try to figure out who it was. And of course, they made sure that he started it. But then Michael Burnham got the saying, it's a USS Enterprise. Bam! Christopher Pike, baby, flying through space. And I, I can't admit, I'll admit, that shot of the Enterprise coming in, I watched like five times. It's so oh, cool. Dude. But I had no idea who the hell it was. So, Oliver, let me do this. After what you saw, the most tragic Kronos thing Seeing that little thing of, hey, Captain Pike is hailing the Discovery, what was going through your mind at the time? Um, this is how they ended. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I was just like, what? Popcorn <laughs> boom. <I> know. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. yeah, I'm just like, oh, shit. It's like, I'm waiting. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm waiting for, you know. It's like, man, I want to see the season two right now. And it's just, yeah. I'm like, okay. I mean, that's great for them. They, you know, they're smart about doing it, but at the same time like shit like there was no um you know this was just like here it comes you know wow it's like there's no uh no clue or anything like that you know there's no hints drops i don't know at least that i knew of yeah i was like what a big surprise you know yeah well john let me ask you because you watched the show when it aired the first time right yeah because i had the luxury of basically binging the first season waiting two weeks to see in season two so so let me ask you this when you saw that ending was it kind of like oh hell yeah season two or was kind of like oh this whole season was stretched out and it was a cash grab to get me back like what was going through your mind when you saw that happen Uh, honestly um i always felt the difficulty that everyone felt i mean when you see and hear interviews with everybody who was working on discovery they felt this difficulty of we set it 10 years before tos so the original series captain kirk mr spock dr mccoy uh 10 years before that so they're kind of locked in with what they can do they can change little things like oh the klingons are different and there's uh you know a really active uh war going on with the klingons at this time but uh you know all of that tension had to give you something good there had to be a reason why we went that far back to do this mm-hmm. series and to kind of retcon everything which is mm-hmm. dangerous for fans like me because it's like i don't want you to change the stuff i liked <laughs> don't do it you yeah. know i'm okay if you change other things but not the stuff i liked 
and um and they did they did they really traveled the razor's edge doing that um i really like their version of harry mudd even though he's crazy psychotic murderous um i i really like their version of a lot of things uh so to then say hey you know what you know that series you always wished you you had seen with um... captain pike and Mr. Spock and number one, who's a tall, you know, beautiful brunette. And you know that show you wish you'd seen? Here you go. We're going to start sliding that show with young Spock and all that. We're going to start sliding that show into your discovery. And that made me super freaking happy, especially oh, since yeah. I never I never really liked these Klingons. And that was 10 episodes pretty much of... What are we going to do about these Klingons? What's going to happen with these Klingons? These Klingons are going to be something. What are they going to be? So I was really happy they made that, you know, transition. And I didn't know what was coming up. So, yeah, I had a had the old uh, Star Trek blue balls. <laughs> well, the implications are going to have all these Klingon human farms and cross me everybody like war for Balana or whatever. Because everyone else sends it. They're like, I'm part human. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> uh no i understand that because a lot of a lot of old school fans were kind of like oh, okay finally pike we like it and i was like damn for me it was like damn the end because i felt because it was attached detached from everything it mm. was cool to play with the view screens and and the, the shape of the of the ship i think the discovery original is so beautiful i actually wanted to yeah. buy the model but when yeah. it came in there it was kind of like okay here you go here's all the things you hear about because again at, at that time I only heard of Pike in the first Star Trek movie from J.J. Abrams. I knew he was in it. Uh, I know yeah, he was yeah. in the universe, but I didn't know how significant Pike was. So I was kind of like, oh, party's over. Now you got to find a way to fit everything in. Because let's be real, in the grand scheme of entertainment, and Oliver, jump in if I'm wrong, prequels never tend to hit as hard as the main thing. So when it was like, here's Pike, I'm like, we're prequel territory. We're straight, straight right. to prequel territory. Right, yeah, that seemed a little uh, dangerous. And and I, mm -hmm. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, and, and, you know, I thought they did okay finally. But, you know, yeah, at first, uh, those fears are going to come up. Like, oh, trying to <laughs> – are we going to meet a new, um, a new Kirk and he's going to be like some, you know, <laughs> Justin Bieber oh, bastard? <laughs> yes, do it. Baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always on the table, by the way. I mean, we talked about that when we were watching Enterprise on Starbase 80, yeah. uh, that in season four, they were trying to make big moves to get uh, William Shatner to guest star on Enterprise. Yeah. And I, so that's always on the table, and it's never palatable. Right. Kind of like, Kind of like olives. <laughs> Didn't that's know he had a random olive shade, bro. Okay. Then, <laughs> so when you order a pizza, what did you get? I'm curious now. It's no, actually, in. I will get black olives because those can be quite yummy. What the hell, man? <laughs> the black <laughs> olives, yes, but not the green <laughs> olives. Oh, I had you go. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, man. Well, like, I'm going to say something bad about black olives to you. <laughs> Come on, yeah. I mean, hey, man, you hate racial stuff in space, so I didn't know if vegetables... <laughs> We're part of the deal too. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh <laughs> no, I was, gonna, I was gonna add something to that about the, the whole prequel thing, but I was thinking yeah. if they had you know they're like you said, John, they're probably listening to the fans and like we were saying Flobo too, yeah, about what they wanted, why they wanted that, that series that they wanted. So yeah. um and it was just I don't know, it's like it's so far removed from from the original. It's just like there's a whole you know, there's a big brand new batch of Star Trek fans, so it's 
Yeah. I think it was, I think it was, it was a good move. It was perfectly fine. And then also to go back to that ending scene, um, I just wanted to, I just remember something about how, um, you know, like as being fans of the show, we know that Burnham is eventually going to become captain. And, you know, and it's obviously is a great decision by them to have this journey of someone who, who earns their stripe. Right. Yeah. And then, um, right in front of you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, and then, so we have this like acti- acting captain, as Saru say, like this is acting captain. And so this is always this tension, this question of like, who's going to be captain, Saru or Burnham? You know, who deserves it more? Yeah. And, and, and then, so I thought it was a cool beat to just like have that tension and then, and then to bring in Enterprise because it's instead of just ending with like this, this, this thing, it's like, oh, who's going to be captain? It's like, okay, that's an interesting question. But then when you throw in the Enterprise along with it, yeah. it's like, Oh damn! Okay, now this is maybe Pike's gonna run the discovery. Like you don't know, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah, so it brings in a whole new element to it. So which is that was brilliant. Yeah, really I'm good. so glad I have you on this episode. There's just one question that I feel is open ended for a lot of people, but I, I want to come to you. Your expertise. You are a filmmaker. You are a screenwriter. Um, <laughs> your stuff has won awards. You know, all all throughout um, these festival circuits. When I was having a discussion about Star Trek Picard in one of my Star Trek groups. And uh, an often repeated phrase popped up, and I want your opinion on this. Yeah. I said I liked Picard. I like the relationship between Rafi and, and Picard. No one else does. And the thing is, it's like, it's not real Trek. What is real Star Trek to you? And what what fits in that and what doesn't fit in that? Because oh your boy's confused, baby. Well, wow, that's, <laughs> that's a hell of a question. Um... Man, I should be a host. <laughs> I know, yeah, you should. <laughs> I guess in this in this universe, in the sci-fi universe, it's almost. I think a real Star Trek to me is it's almost to the point where it'll feel like a procedural. You know, okay. like where it's like there are elements, there are these 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 tropes. There's these things they have to stick to the genre of Star Trek. Um, if you just the classics, I mean, if you just um, TNG. Um, even uh, yeah, you're one Deep Space Nine, uh, even Vo- even Voyager, just like the life on the ship, like the away missions, like we saw in the in that episode fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as long as they stick to the like this the elements that make it Star Trek, that make it like feel like that blanket, you know, that that <laughs> I want because that's what I want when I watch Star Trek. Yeah, that's yeah. Why I, like they just throw it on and just like when I'm not doing anything, like. I've kind of like held myself from watching another series over again right. for, for the past couple of months, but um, I'll probably, you know, we'll throw something on again soon. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I want. I want that procedural blanket. Yeah. So uh, what exists outside the blanket in your opinion? Like there's a blanket. What Star Trek properties exist outside? Oh, so we're watching it now. Right? Discovery. Yeah. Discovery. Okay. Yeah, Agreed. for sure. Agreed. Yeah. yeah okay. from, from, from the beginning, from episode one to 15, it's like a, it's a movie. Basically, we're getting yes. like a 15 hour movie and you know, it's just uh, it's a really long story. I mean, there are things that happen in, in, you know, in between that are kind of tangents, but essentially we're seeing this big arc and chapter by chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it's great. It's great. Yeah. Very, very, very space epic in the classic sense. But same with you, John, like what is real Trek and, and, and does this exist outside of that? Uh, you know, I I hear and see a lot of conversations with fans, and I think uh, I, I think I'm with Oliver on this one, which is uh, a lot of people feel that on Star Trek uh, Next Generation, 
very frequently there is an a story that is something personal oh your your father's visiting the ship <laughs> everybody's father has visited the ship <laughs> uh, and then there's a b story although it could be a different a story uh to a different b story that's usually like well that's a weird thing that happened why did that science thing happen and mm -hmm. so usually you get your three detectives, you get your Jordy, your Data, and your Wesley Crusher uh, trying to solve a mystery. Um, usually there's uh, pieces of evidence that they can't put together, but they know there's an answer. Mm -hmm. And then there's the interpersonal uh, story that might be going on. Uh, you know, that to me is very comfortable. I'm kind of hoping that like uh, Strange New Worlds, which is mm -hmm. the Captain Pike show, um, I, I'm kind of hoping that will answer everybody's desire for yes. an episode by episode. Yeah, me it too. To new planet, <laughs> new civilization, new creature, new riddle, new challenge, new mystery mm -hmm. uh, per week. That's that's really cool. Uh, you know, so I'm kind of one of the, you know, yeah. not to be that guy, but I'm one of those people be who's that like, be that guy. <laughs> you know, Idic, the the Vulcan idea of Idic, infinite diversity and infinite com com <clears throat> combinations. Why can I never say it right? <laughs> infinite diversity and infinite com combinations. I can never yeah. say it right. You, you hit the landing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was great. <laughs> I broke my leg. I'm like Mary Jo Strug or whatever that. <laughs> I'm just saying, I do love uh, just about everything that's presented as Trek. I will have to say, I'm with most people that the J.J. Abrams movies, I'm a little like, um, okay, go on. <laughs> yeah. But just about every TV Trek, I've been like, wow, this is really cool. I like what they've done with the things that we already knew. I like the new things they're introducing. I mean, I even feel that way about Prodigy. It's like, yeah, I, I like this there. remix. I feel like I'll, I'll watch Prodigy for completionist sake, but that's the one thing, the one series where I watched the pilot and I was like, I'm okay. I, I, <laughs> I've seen it. You know what I mean? I'm not compelled to see anymore. Uh, but you mentioned uh, Strange New Worlds. I just want to say everyone's been asking me what's Commander's Law going to cover. Star Trek Discovery comes back uh, February 10th, and we'll be able to cover the back half of Season 4, which has a big science mystery, like you guys oh, were yeah. saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. But we'll be also covering Strange New Worlds, which starts Thursday, May 5th. Uh, we won't be covering Picard on this show, but we have a sister show. We're kind of in the talks with the people over at Starbase 80 to see if we can do something for them. And something of course, will happen. Something will happen. I'm not trying to force anybody, but definitely uh, uh, Strange New Worlds and Discoveries here. For me, though, what I think with Star Trek is, when I got into it, and I always make this reference to the Green Lantern Corps, was that there was an in expanse of space. Uh, this is why the older Trek is a lot harder for me to, to get into. I watch them, and I appreciate them, but a lot of things, whether because of budget or just the way it is, things are discussed oh, yeah. in the ready room or on the deck, on the bridge. And so there's no feeling of like the outwardness of space. And, and it was pretty cool that Star Trek gave me that in a way where there was some exploration in Burnham that first episode. And then I kind of had a war, but then it wasn't a war. And you're dealing with the, the fallout. And of course, some of the military stuff. Not as much as TNG, because Picard will belay that order all day long. But I like the <laughs> fact there is some rankings there. There's some like communication yeah. officers there 
that thing yeah. was pretty cool. So that's what I think Trek is. And so a lot of things work for me. Maybe that's why Prodigy doesn't work because these kids hijack the ship. And you're like, wait a minute. They didn't go to Starfleet. Uh, but everything else works for me. Um, I guess what I think is what I think of what real Trek is. Like, I would love to see an episodic Strange New Worlds. I would love to see uh, a, a cadet start off. What I wouldn't want to see is the, the mechanics like that to me. Be like, okay, that'd be great for an episode, but not a whole show. Like, yeah. you know, that's just me personally. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's what they did I, for I, Babylon I, Five. Sorry. Oh no, no, yeah. go ahead, Oliver. No, just saying that what they did for Babylon Five when they had the episode with the with the janitors. Or the, yeah, an episode's yeah. cool. Like I gotta see that. I never yeah. saw that. That yeah. sounds cool. awesome. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'd see people now and again see, say, uh, "Oh, I wish we would see like a medical show done in the Star Trek universe." There was a show. It was called Mercy. Mercy Point. Um, anyway, there was a show like that. It lasted like six episodes. It was on UPN at the same time that Voyager was. Oh, damn. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember that. Uh, yeah, people people don't want that. You think you want it? You don't want that. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, actually, I'm looking it up now. It was created by Trey Calloway, who was just one of the show renders of CSI New York, which makes sense. A character-based medical drama <laughs> in space. Starring, starring Joe Morton, I believe. Yeah, Joe Morton. One of my but favorite actors. It doesn't work because at least in Star Trek is like sick bank. They're fine. Unless you're Tasha Yar. She just dies. But everyone else <laughs> has a shot of sick bank. Don't get me wrong. Still salty. I will always be salty. That can of oil took her out quick. I'm so mad. Okay. Uh, before I get upset. Uh, Oliver, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, you know, Dude, Thank you. No, no, like, bro, you were an expert, man. Um, you were talking no. about before that you're you're working uh, with uh, Navcon. Can you tell me more about that. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's just this, it's the National Association for Filipino Concerns, and uh, they've uh, gone together and, and tried to um, uh, just just uh, fund help people for the uh, who who were victims of the Typhoon Odette. Odette, sorry. Typhoon mm -hmm. Odette, yeah, mm -hmm. um, and it's uh, they've been uh, just trying to raise funds for a while now, and and uh, just trying to help folks out there. Just uh, wanted to kind of hopefully share that with some of your viewers, and hopefully some people will be willing to to help out out there because it's um, a natural disaster out there is is completely different than when a natural disaster occur occurs out here, you know, mm -hmm. in the states. It's um, out here we can rebuild easily. You have insurance or you have uh, more resources and out there it's with a lot of people living by like, you know, whatever they earn that day, they eat it, you know? So, um, mm. yeah. So a lot of people lost their lives, like literally. So um, it's, it's, uh, you know, we're trying to trying to help in any way we can to, so people can stay put where, where they're from and, and don't have to travel to the big cities and look, look for work that most likely isn't there. And so, yeah, just trying to help folks out. And if you're listening Amen. on the audio version, you can learn more at nafconusa.org slash campaigns slash 2021 typhoons. Yeah, hopefully you can help out just little by little. If everyone pitches in, you could probably, uh, you know, make a difference. Cool. Thank you for that. Yeah, man. Uh, yo, Oliver, again, you need to come come back. Commander's log, because apparently when your face is on the screens, the ratings go up. Uh, if anyone wanted to contact <laughs> you or work with you, how to go about doing that, good sir. Cool. Yeah, I'd love to be on, and I, I'll, I'll keep my clothes on. Promise. <laughs> oh, I said no. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's it's been really cool. Um, yeah, shoot. 
There is just there is one more thing I kind of wanted to throw in there about the episode. If you throw guys don't it. mind, I know you were saying it. goodbye right now. No, but, we're, not. Um, we're throwing things now. We're throwing yeah, things just, now. All right. There's just something about the series that that I realized after watching this episode again. So I'm really thankful for watching it one more time. Um, it's just looking back at the first season, you know, jumping out into the fourth season, is that this episode and a lot of this show is 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 about this journey of life and about how the, the people they meet and they you know they walk together and then like and then they eventually outgrow each other right and so we yeah. see we see these relationships come together they form this bond and they go on these adventures and yeah. you know it's this great relationship and then in the end they end up you know they end up splitting somehow because hey my journey is going this way your journey is going that way and you know we you just got to keep walking and uh, I thought it's really cool they they do that very well especially with Burnham's journey it's yeah. just it's it's a lot of fun to watch but it, and it also hits you like emotionally because you're just like oh man it's just like i thought they you know they this is a great this is working great and it's like then it's not and then yeah. it's time to part so it's it's cool yeah that that is really one of the recurring themes over and over in this series we've seen it over and over again even with characters that i love so much like tilly and booker um and i really did love ash uh yeah, it's just like, yeah, in order to grow, you have to go in two different directions sometimes. And that's not something you necessarily see on a lot of episodic TV. Yeah, very true. Very true. My man said, let me throw it in here. And he like drops two mics. Uh, that does for me. I'm not nearly as uh, deep as that. But John, if someone wanted to contact you or find out what the internet thing he's up to, how they go about doing that? Uh, Weber Internet Thingy uh, on on Facebook and on uh, YouTube and of course uh, on Twitter at uh, Starbase eighty you can find me there and uh, yeah we've got Starbase eighty coming up uh, every Sunday uh, you know I'm really kind of loving season two of Starbase eighty and and I'm just gonna plug that because now it's uh, because Flobo and I had to really like shorten the shows and it's not quite the sprawl uh, that we loved doing of a big, long, you know, recap and make jokes and all that. We're going a little quicker now. So it's me and Flobo. And really what season two has turned into Flobo, I think I've told you that, that I, I realized this as we were doing it. It's turned into what does Flobo need to see? <laughs> no, because I've seen Tasha and Data. I can't undo that. I, I can't see two Vix, unsee two Vix. These are all bad things. Can't unsee it. These <laughs> are all terrible things. Oh man, so, that's so true. And I'm trying to like, uh, you know, there's like uh, the carrot and the stick. I'm, I'm trying to like, okay, I'll give you a bad episode to watch, but here's a good one too. You get to see that one as well. So uh, we're finishing uh, Mirror Darkly, uh, Into a Mirror Darkly, In a Mirror Darkly, um, part two coming up this Sunday, 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast. And uh, won't you join us? We're going to have fun. It's going to be thinking, fun. Hey, John, we should put some money together and send the Flobo a, a bust of Tuvix for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you a fake address. <laughs> as, soon as, we've, as soon as we've raised enough money for the folks in the Philippines, that's yes. our next project. <laughs> yes. And of course, that'll never happen. There's yeah. always help. That you can uh, give. So please, please don't do give that. me two fixed products. I hate it. Uh, I'll <laughs> be back here next week. We'll be doing the season premiere of season two of Star Trek Discovery while we're still in hiatus. But until next time, if we can do it, live long cool. and prosper. <laughs>